One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, everybody. Ho, ho, hello there, everybody. Hello, ho, ho there, everybody. Whichever one of those you prefer, my name is Adam Cleary, and welcome to the What Culture Wrestling Raw Review, where I am joined by the dulcet tones of Michael Sidgwick. But before we begin, yes, we're all filling in for each other. Everybody's all over the place this week because it's Christmas. But if you're a fan of this sort of thing, don't forget to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from for Daily Wrestling Podcast, where we review Raw, SmackDown, AEW, the Wednesday Night Wars aren't a thing anymore, but NXT 2.0 is still going somehow, and there's Roundtables, interviews, discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, but a card subject to change always. Anyway, last night, Michael Sidgwick, Monday Night Raw, can you scarcely believe it? We got tag teams failing to coexist. Yep. We got a big talking segment at the start. It was a Christmas greatest hits of what I think I'm correct in saying is all your favorite things about Pro wrestling. Before we get into the minutiae of it, the details, the spot-by-spot recap of it all, just quickly, quickly, how did that make you feel in your soul? I feel nothing. Right, but it's Christmas, so good, though. Like a good nothing. Like a warm emptiness. Oh, no. This show sucks. Oh, no, no. This show's dead. What? We we try to we try to spin patter out of it on these reviews, usually. Wilborn stitched me up here. He said these are always great because you guys love them. No, no, Is no, that no. not accurate? No, no, no. We spend 20 minutes hating our lives then try and s- extract some patter from the nihilism that is watching this show. Right. It's um, They've found an audience that is happy to stick around watching it. I'm not part of that audience. I am, however, professionally paid to cover it. Okay. Um, I'll try and do funny things, but this show inspires nothing anymore. Right. Well... Well, well, here's here's the podcast, everybody. Yes. So Monday Night Raw is, is kicks us live from somewhere, and oh, they're coming out. And Bobby Lashley, who obviously now feels like the central focus of what was previously Big E's world title defense. Yes. Now a bit of a weird vibe. I talked about this with Andrew yesterday. Oh god, he'd kill us if I call him that. Andy on yesterday's podcast about how I actually quite like the three-way dynamic. I thought Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Big E. That was a nice little trimutive. Is that word? Trim trim. Something like that. Yeah, the one that means three. I thought it was a nice thing. They all had a lot going for them. Felt very different. All felt as if they were in good places in their current careers and in their current storylines and everything. But now they just kind of feel secondary to this amazing Bobby Lashley story. And he was the one who opens the show. Is this? I'm not going to ask if this segment worked for you because it was a 20 minute talking segment at the start of Raw. Yes. But does the whole dynamic work? No, they've ruined it. Um, the Emphasis on Seth Rollins for a while there made me think they might actually do the switch here. Mm. He's doing all the promo legwork, and they've kind of lost interest in the Big E rivalry on a meta level. If you look at the way they are writing the show rather than the way in which the show was written, you're thinking they want to strap Seth Rollins up. That will therefore inform some decent near falls at day one because you're thinking they're going to strap him up because he's all over the show. 
Bobby Lashley individually is awesome. I love watching him wreck people. He's a great presence. But his inclusion in this dynamic has completely ruined it at the same time. Like, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are now two dork lackeys who don't stand a chance of winning a title because they're playing it for laughs. And it's not not funny. Like, several interactions they had on this show were quite amusing. But they are very much mid-card-flavored dorks at this point. And the implication of their desperation to remove Bobby Lashley from this match makes the audience think, oh, well, Bobby Lashley is way more championship caliber than the actual champion who is yeah. now on the margins. He's, he's already it. beat him. Yes. They've ruined it by adding an awesome component, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, no, that, that's kind of the point I was trying to make. Like, I, I'm enjoying this Bobby Lashley story they yes. have. But it was supposed to be, like, Biggie. he's been fine. He's had a couple of good defenses, but he's not had, certainly when you compare him to what's going on on the other show, he doesn't feel like as important a part of that product as Roman Reigns does over on SmackDown. And I was like, well, okay, cool. They've actually done, I, I always like Kevin Owens. You were right when they're saying they've built Seth Rollins a bit. Him going into that and it being a good match with a successful retention feels like a really nice, good step to sort of help him with that. But now, as you say, they've added this awesome yes. component of Bobby Lashley, and it just kind of feels like you're waiting for whatever the conclusion for him is to this story rather than what's what was supposed to happen. I, can you help me understand precisely what then happened? Because for some reason, the pair of them come out of the crowd. Yes. And they want to beat up MVP. But Big E helps them, even though they were staring. They had the tension at the start, and now they can they coexist? I just it, even by WWE standards, it just felt a bit like this is happening for the sake of happening. You've summed it up better than I could. I find that no, I have, I find that hard to believe. No, 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 no you no, have. It, There's but, no thought can be applied no, to it. There's but, no analysis that can be applied to it. But I know you've got professional pride. No. Our ability to podcast cannot make the show make sense or make it better than it is. That is, well, yes, that's a fact. It's just filler content. Like, they wanted a tag team match to feature all players in the day one main event is a way to remind you it's happening, you idiots. These four people you've watched on telly for the past three weeks are still, in fact, engaged in a feud. Look, I think the broader idea is to turn Bobby Lashley into a monster baby face. There are exponentially worse ideas than that. But in typically WWE fashion, they are arriving at it in a way that diminishes everything else good in the promotion. Only one good thing can happen at once in this company. On SmackDown, it's long been Roman Reigns. And at the minute, the focus is, well, people like Bobby Lashley, he's great. Did, did you at least like the bit where they did a can they coexist for the faces and then cut backstage to make the match official and did a can they coexist for the heels as well? Obviously not. Oh. Sorry. Not even on some kind of like... What's the word? What's it? Perverse. Perverse level. Not even on a perverse level. Oh, they've done the thing. You know, right? Look, I'll put it this way. You know, it's like, you know, there's somebody in your life you really, you like actively dislike. You yes. love to hate them, but they've become such a cliche in the things that annoy you that you actually get a little pop out of when they start being themselves. Like, oh, there he goes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, there he goes. There, there WWE goes doing the W. Oh, can't stand them. To a degree. But like, you know when The Simpsons ended like the 11th, 12th, 13th season? Yes. I've said this analogy before, but you know, the mega fans will forgive me. And they start... <laughs> Sorry, the what? The mega fans? The Cedric mega fans. Yes. Okay. And they start doing these gags in The Simpsons where it's like, we're kind of out of ideas, but let's make a joke of how we're out of ideas. Mm. I would just rather you had ideas. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we can derive a perverse pleasure from this, but you would also feel a lot better if you didn't have to do that. I, like in every facet of my life, on December 21st, 2021, I need earnest pleasure. Right. I don't want anything caveated. I don't want anything <laughs> uncertain. 
I just want some goddamn serotonin, <laughs> and this company is not giving it to me. All right, okay. Well, no, no, they weren't giving it to you at this juncture of the show. There's still a whole, like, two and a half hours of Raw left to go at this point. Let's blast through it. All right, so we get Bianca Belair versus... If you were in this chair for as long as I've been, you wouldn't be doing this bit. Look, look, I've just, I've just got to do something. Yeah, I know. What can, what can I do? List, do what every other podcaster does at this point. Listlessly run through the events of the show, throw it to me for the color commentary, and I'll say something to the effect of, yeah, it was a match. Okay. Uh, it's the final chapter for Bianca Belair and Piper Niven. Yes. The final chapter. In, you can't see me doing these air quotes, <laughs> but they're enormous. Willborn usually does a thing. What thing? A dewdrop. Well, do you not feel like we're coming to the, the end of the dewdrop era? There seems to be, there was all this talk about them uh, copywriting Piper Niven again. Do you think that's going to stop Adam Willborn? Uh, I, I'm yet to find uh, a device, either natural or man-made, that can stop Adam Wilborn <laughs> yeah, doing anything yeah, yes. he really wants to do with yeah. it. Um, so, no. Even incredibly strong hinting. Yes. Yes. Even even the threat of police action yes. tends, tends not to do it. No. Um, but Wilborn, it, this bit's run its course, mate. Right, Wilborn, this bit wasn't funny in the 50s. <laughs> oh, was it, though? Oh, was it, though? It gets in the end every time. Yeah, that, well, that, that's... We could just... Look, does anybody want us to talk about Raw for the next 40 minutes? Or should we just, like, tell people what it's like to work with Wilborn? Like a 40-minute-long character assassination? It wouldn't be a character assassination, because it would all be done with love. Yes, I love that man. Yes. However, he will do a joke that's incredibly problematic or not funny or makes everybody uncomfortable, and he will keep doing it until everybody just laughs. It's like, if you want an inside glimpse into what Adam Wilborn is like in The Office, imagine Carrot Top... Watches Stuart Lee and decides to fuse together those comedic sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of what that's like. Yeah, it? it's good wow. though. And through in my Christmas, that mental <laughs> image. Anyway, um, the final chapter: Bianca Belair beats. I'm going to call her Piper Niven. That's about my God-given right to do so. Bianca Belair beats Piper Niven. I suspected my big hunch yesterday was that. Uh, would find some kind of way to win this, and then we'd have to do this all over again at day one. Is it? Is that it done now? Has this been good for both of them? Mm, it's been passable for both, which by modern WWE women's division standards yep. is an absolutely unqualified triumph. Um, look, people can probably still lay out of the match. Bianca Belair tried relentlessly to do the KOD on a much larger opponent. Um, could she summon the strength? All the rest of it. The entire feud... Um, which has been built on two matches before this, which were pointlessly long, given that they ended inconclusively, was can Bianca Belair finally hit the KOD on Dewdrop? Mm. And she did it. And when she did it, she evoked a pretty sizable pop. They probably could have done this in the context of one match, but it's fine. They did it, and Bianca Belair is in a slightly better position that was that was forecast when she lost the program to Becky Lynch. Overall, she's still over. She's still the talent that WWE wants to be over. She could still theoretically at this point enter the Royal Rumble to a huge pep, mm. win it, and it'll be both credible and desired. Do you think she will win the Royal Rumble? She's in the conversation. Usually it's process of deduction stuff and it's not a big like, what a good, great sprawling narrative that highlights enough people at the same time that makes it all unpredictable. But look, they haven't ruined a can't-ruin-prospect 
which by their standards, this is, is actually pretty good. Do you do you, do you think Piper Dev's in a better position now for being having been in this feud? Because it's just so weird to me to see anybody who was remotely associated with NXT UK in any capacity get given anything. Yes, and not only just get given it, make it well. I, I always go about the Grizzly Young Veterans are a very good example of this, but yes. they're no, and they're in no danger of being ripped away from NXT and getting a push with a tag team who. I mean, a tag team hasn't headlined WrestleMania yes. lately, but the statue of Bianca Belair versus like whatever they yes, could be yes, working yes. with, that felt like a pretty big deal for her. And for it to drag on, not just be one match where she's ended up, where, you know, the whole thing is just about can she hit the KOD. There was a bit of back and forth in it. There was, there was, I genuinely thought she would win that and they would go have a day one match, et cetera. So there's obviously been something substantial there. And it's so weird to see anybody associated with that brand get that. Um, like Tony Storm over on SmackDown, I feel the same, the same way about. So, she could then go and do something good now, couldn't she? I mean, you'd hope so. Look, at the end of the day, the best means of getting over in front of a WWE crowd is for them to ignore and defy the booking uh-huh. and recognize and bond with the talent. Yep. Her work in this program, which is going to go ignored by the critical community, if you like. Is that me and you, or is that? Just general arseholes. General arseholes, right? Yes. That is so me and you. Who are, you know, justifiably doomy about literally anything that happens in this promotion. She's proven that she can go. Um, I thought last night's match was pretty damn good. I thought the one that means significantly less because it went to a non-finish, the actual work, and it was good as well. Mm. Um, hopefully, this will be a turning point, but, I mean, she'll be on main event in two weeks. It's just... This is why this job is so hard. Oh, they can't... Everybody listening to this can't see exactly what happened to your face when you said... There was just a little... You just sort of, Your eyes just sort of skirted around on the floor for just a split second there. As if you were looking for some kind of invisible trap door to fall through. Yes. Oh, that's really got to me, that. Um, well, actually, I should probably say you're wrong, by the way. The best way in this company to get over is not for the talent to, bo- f- to bond with the audience regardless of the booking. The best way to get over in this company is to take selfies with Vince McMahon. Yes. And I think it's fair to say, after this match, we've got Austin Theory versus Finn Balor. And again, I would like to say on the podcast yesterday, I was like, well, well uh, uh, Dewdrop's going to win that. And uh, they'll have a nice day one match because obviously she's the emerging talent. They probably do need to give her something, even if yes. it's a screw in. And then Austin Theory, uh, he's going to beat Finn Balor, and that'll give him a nice little thing. They can maybe do that again at day one. But he didn't. Uh, he, didn't he didn't do that at all. He uh, he got beat. He looked good, but he got beat. What what the hell's been the point in this? Um, the idea is that if you are captured in the same frame as Vince McMahon, uh-huh. you are meant to infer, oh, he cares about him. Doesn't right. matter if he gets slapped. Doesn't matter if he can't understand a goddamn word that this version of Vince McMahon is actually saying. Right. You are meant to infer they like him. Like the push isn't that great. He looks like an idiot on TV, but invest in him because he likes him. That's what it is. Right. And genuinely, I thought this match was pretty damn good. Like I've never been taken by Austin Theory as a worker, but his stuff looked pretty damn tremendous in this match, I thought. And the idea is he's going to have a rematch with Finn Balor at day one. He'll presumably go over. And on the back of that, if he can enter in better performance on the pape, a pape, the pape, the pape, the pape, than he did here, which would be impressive because I thought he was oh, solid, crisp, yeah. yeah. The idea is that following that, he will emerge as a potential WrestleMania headliner. Give our. Who else is there? This oh, is what this why this. Is, you know what it is? That's actually that's you, it is. you asked me before this. How long does this podcast usually last? I'm a busy man. And I said, oh, Christ, usually an hour. And you went, how can you talk about this show for an hour? And on the subject of trapdoors, you find yourself going into them. You find yourself stumbling into these broad, macro, sweeping conversations about the state of the company, like Austin Theory. Being on telly for two minutes, if you look at everyone on AEW who's a much bigger star, how do, 
How do they still win when Austin Theory is going to headline WrestleMania? Ten minutes lost of your life. I, I just this is no slight on Austin Theory. Obviously, I used to do NXT ups and downs as he was pretty much the uh, the Venn diagram of me doing that show and Austin Theory coming onto that brand is waffer yes. theme, but it did exist. And he always seemed to me to be a bit of a red flag for the future of the company because <laughs> the the branding was there, the push was there, <laughs> it was it was all there for him. They clearly were hot on him, but there was something just. Not like there was there was a nothingness to him that every, every individual component of him felt like it was just randomly plucked from like one of the least interesting attributes of a much bigger star. Yes. Um, so it was all there was all stuff there which you could find in people you actually liked, but it wasn't the stuff you actually liked about any of them. And he's a telegenic fella. I mean, he's fit. Means he just looks great on television. Right. Handsome fella. He is. Well, I, I I totally agree. He's very good looking. But I remember. I I think I made this exact point of that wasn't enough for Tyler Breeze. And they really went in on how good looking he was. He's got a better physique than Tyler Breeze. Uh, that is true. Is that why? So that that's the, that. Do you think that's the Vince appeal then? Uh, well, I just uh, this whole idea that you're supposed to buy into him because Vince buys into him, even though on screen Vince is not buying into him. He doesn't want that's to be warped. his friend. It's warped. But at least when you watch him in the Rumble through these weird meta gears, if you like. It's the only thing that people who have to suffer through this product can actually latch onto. Like, it's not a complete waste of my time watching him do things on TV on this weird, as you said, meta level. Look, I, I've got my, I've got my next question, my next major question lined up, but I already know the answer is going to be a withering look and yes and. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I don't actually think there's more you can offer than that. So we're going to miss TV. Yes, miss TV always an entertaining segment. Opens by apologising for his wife, which I thought was. Slightly amusing. AJ Styles and Omos are there. They're on the talking segment. I've been teasing a bit of tension. Yes. Like every single tag team in WWE currently and every husband and wife pair. Yes. Weirdly, they seem to really like the storyline. They do this interview. It's clearly not going very well. Miz is being very gossipy about it. Oh, you know, this and that, this and that. It's all, you can see where it's going, right? And then Omos makes some kind of grandiose claim that he's been the biggest thing, hey, hey, very good, since he arrived and Styles is holding him back. And it's all about to come to a head when the faces just interrupt. For so, my question. Oh God, the look started. My question: Why, why, why would the faces in, interrupt when the heels are about to implode? Because baby faces oh. in WWE are morons. Okay, you know I, this. I know, I know. But because if they had to beat each other up, it would have been easier for the faces to then beat them up. Yeah. Well, yeah, but. Rey Mysterio on Sky Sports News. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, He did like a bit of pub to... Um, years ago, maybe even 2008. Did a bit of pub on Sky Sports News about the latest um, TV tapings of the European Tour or whatever. So he was on Sky Sports News mm -hmm. and, you know, they asked, right, what about other sports and stuff? And Rey Mysterio quite infamously said, yeah, man, I really hope uh, Mexico wins this Euro Cup. Right. Because they were doing some yeah. banter about the European Championships. Uh, Mexico's in North America. Yeah. Therefore, they are not um, eligible for inclusion in the European That's Championships. That's correct, yes. Nor, nor Eurovision. No. So you're getting a picture of how much of an idiot Rey Mysterio is. Right. I mean... So this is why I did this. I've, wor I've worked with him. Wor he's a nice guy. He's nice enough. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks Mexico's in Europe. Was he not doing a, a, a bit? Was he, was he not just in character as his dumb WWE face persona? 
Was it that not him actually doing an incredible bit of uh, character development outside of the confines of the scripted? Dumb face persona is an oxymoron. Okay. He's, he's, I'm just trying to you know, tell you why he might not have the best decision-making faculties. Hey, you remember that time uh, it was rumoured he was uh, slinging it up Jennifer Aniston? Yes. That was mad, that was wasn't bad, it? That, that was absolutely insane. Because the thing what happened during like the sort of the peak of the uh, the, uh, the uh, Monday Night Wars back when, and this I don't know, if, I presume you've talked about this on podcast before. Nobody in this country really knew what WCW was. Like you were a huge wrestling fan because Sky had WWF. You couldn't really watch. We had a kid in our school who came in, and he is. I don't know how he used to get it, but he used to watch Nitro. It's on TNT. After Cartoon Network. I uh, see. Don't think many. Alone, everyone's dad got Sky Sports for the football. You had to yes. have a really specific package to get that, yes. and you had to know where to look for it. That must be how we watched it. So he would come in. Huh? I had a chip box. Yes. Oh, yeah. My uncle got me a chip box. Yeah, yeah. and a chip PlayStation. But that's another. I got a chip PlayStation. Yeah, chip PlayStation. With little, oh god. We used to, his his mate used to do the little print offs of the cover art, but they were always just black and white and terrible. Was he a fisherman? No, he was. Uh, he was a. Uh, he was an electrician. The guy who it's I always true people in a trade, wasn't it? it was uh, chipping your PlayStation. And you I used to get like box. a fisherman guy. He used to do my like chip box, and I, every couple of months he'd just. Go, I get a chip box off a fisherman. Comes with scraps. Twenty oh, tit, <laughs> tit. You get like your twenty games in your buzzing, and he'd have to go around to his house and just stunk a fish. You stunk a fish. You sure he was a fisherman? This wasn't just like I had the hooks and all the gear. That just that sounds that sounds terrifying. Yeah. No, I wasn't happy going like I was happy after. Anyway, well, my point is, nobody watched WCW. Anyway, it was a lad in our school. He did watch WCW. And uh, I think he thought he was the only person in the world who discovered this. So he started, like, th- there was a move. I think Billy Gunn did it. And it was just, it was, I think it was like, it was either reverse DDT. He went, Scorpion Death Drop. That's actually a Scorpion Death. You should be dead. Scorpion Death Drop. And we were like, what? Reverse JR said it was a reverse DDT. Scorpion death drop. You guys just don't watch enough wrestling. And that really set the tone for my entire future professional career. Yes. When I think about it. Anyway, what are talking about? Oh, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. You would have been punching, like. Huh? You wouldn't be punching. You wouldn't be able to reach. Jennifer Aniston's a leggy blonde, like. I'm sure you would have had fun on the climb. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of fun on the climb, <laughs> uh, this match lasts all of about two minutes. AJ Styles in the ring with Dominic. Can they coexist? No. They cannot. AJ goes to tag in almost. He turns around. There's a surprise roll-up, the most devastating move in all of professional wrestling, and that's the end of AJ Styles yep. and almost. They come to blows. It doesn't really go particularly well for AJ Styles because obviously the seven-foot height difference between the two of them. And almost says next time he sees him, it's going to be in a match. And immediately, a little alarm went off in my head that just said, you've just been in a match. You're tag team partners. You see each other in matches every single... That's not... What are you thinking, you moron? However, I think he means they're going to fight. Well, I think he forgot because, like, it's one of those moments where you can probably see AJ going, with me, with me, with me, trying to feed him the line. Yep. And then Omos goes, with me, seconds later. He was, was just in a match with me. The tag team partners, they're in matches with each other every week. Against me. Yeah, well, he should, well, he should have said that, shouldn't he? <sighs> right, okay, this is actually a big talking point because AJ and Omos have actually been... Not terrible for the for the, oh, that's, that's the WrestleMania match was excellent. They had the title for like 130 plus days. Like not inconsequential yeah. run. Good defenses, good matches, good chemistry. Uh, AJ's done really well. To elevate almost. He feels like he's on his level already, despite the relatively short time he's been in the company. Um, there was talk about them splitting them up during the draft. They obviously decided not to go that direction because they didn't have the right opponent. Didn't think he was quite ready for it. Obviously now they do, and that first opponent is going to be Styles. Um, how and and really before you answer this. Just 
bear in mind, I'm, tr- I'm reaching for a bit of hope here. Yes. Right? Don't, don't let me down. How much can we be hopeful for the future of Omos as a single star? Oh, be very hopeful. He's going to get very much protected. Look at the size of the motherfucker. Do you mean it? Yeah, yeah he's going to get pushed. He might get ruthlessly exposed in the process, but he'll definitely get pushed. Oh. Like, look, yeah, I'm very reluctant, uh, reluctant, reluctant to praise anything this company does at all, but they've done something clever with the Moss. Oh. They've allowed AJ to carry the load of their tag team matches. They've preserved Omos in this uh, sort of short burst destroyer role as a spectacle guy. Uh-huh. And there are there's no better wrestler in the company other than perhaps Seth Rollins at making someone look awesome. Or yes. as awesome as possible. Oh, he'll bump all over for him. Oh, yeah. Really good. And he'll craft something that means more than just bumps. Um, so, yes, in terms of how to get Omos TV ready well before he's good enough, they've taken possibly the best shulker possible. And? Is oh, yeah, it going to work? Give him every chance. Is it going to work? Because, I mean, we, we can sit I here mean, and say, look, the size of him, obviously, very encouraging. The way they've used him so far, very encouraging. The fact he's going to be with Styles first, very encouraging. The matches they're going to have, probably excellent. But, like... Not excellent. Pro- probably better than they've got any right yes. to be, then. Probably better than the time or the storyline they're given. Yes. But, ultimately, once... Because it's sort of about Styles going to NXT this week and stuff. If, if Ultimately, once he's then separated from what seems to be the open goal of working with Styles... He said he could get ruthlessly exposed in the process. Uh, he, will he? I mean, he wrestles in a different time zone to his opponents much of the time. Oh, no. Look, if they just rack up a line of guys, Styles, Rollins, a few others like this, Kevin Owens will bump daft from as well. He loves a good bump. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, I've seen competent wrestling companies preserve the lure of a giant limited fella by just... Booking him well, laying out his matches with a really sort of patient yep. nouse. Yep. It can't be done. Yep. But can they do it? Uh, I, I, have a question, I have a question for you. I actually have a question for you. Okay. I've, I've been, I've been, obviously, this is, not, this is not what I do. I play keyboards. That's my real job. I've been scrambling around to get my, get my research, get my facts in order, making sure that you, the viewer, do not notice a drop in quality from Adam Wilbur not being here. I don't... I missed I missed why Chad Gable and Randy Orton were wrestling. Chad Gable just Chad Gable as part of Alpha Academy are yeah. having a little short term deal with RK okay, bro, Riddle. Okay, bro, that okay. But Riddle wasn't here. Yeah, you know. So yeah, well anyway, they gave, it was something like it was very short. It was like three, four minutes or something yes. like that. But I thought, is it fair to say Chad Gable massively out wrestles Randy Orton for four minutes and just loses? It and is. that's and for Chad Gable, that's actually quite a good thing they've done for him there. Yeah, it's odd. They kind of like Chad Gable, or at least Chad Gable is so phenomenally talented that he knows how to tell a story and get that story <laughs> over and himself over in the process um, with very few resources. That was the actual story of the match and his performance. He was just absolutely wicked on the mat. He was outwitting Randy Orton the entire time, but Randy uh-huh. Orton's got way more veteran prowess than he does, and he's got the most devastating blah, blah, blah. He's got the RKO in his locker. Look, the whole purpose of a wrestling match between a main event caliber act and a mid-card caliber act is to give the mid-card caliber act a lot, but have one person gets over, one person goes over. They actually did that in the context of this match. I'd like to have seen it go a bit longer um, because as good as Chad Gable is at telling a story in such a compact time frame, it's not really getting him over. It's, It's one of those disgraces like that kind of 
punctures your whole view of how pro wrestling should operate. Uh -huh. Very good wrestling sometimes doesn't mean a lot or anywhere near close to what you would want it to mean. Uh -huh. And the evidence is in how Chad Gable is received in arenas. This is good stuff, though. I think given that it doesn't feel a million years ago since we had to sit there and go, they're actually calling him Shorty G and there's a ruler in the graphic yeah. for it. If this feels so far removed from that, yes. like to an extent, it almost feels like they've turned around to Chad Gable and said, "Look, you're never look look at you. You're never going to be anything here, but we'll let you work really well if you want to in the limited matches we give you." And to get paid millions of dollars a year to do that is that? Do you think you'd be dissatisfied? I know. I wish he was more over than he was. Because they, that, is, that is an interesting book because you said before the best way to get over is for people to just disregard or in, in a way yes. to embrace how badly you are booked and try and write that wrong in the crowd. And Indeed. given how egregious the Shorty G thing was, does it it does feel like you should be this like huge underdog champion of, of, of the of the WWE universe? Yes, but now that we have Chad Gable as an example, maybe the take is the people who used to really care. Yep. Used to be defiant, yes, movement types, Rusev Day types. I potentially think all of them have just simply migrated to AEW, and we are left with a group of WWE fans who don't make that much noise, who don't seem to invest that much publicly, but they obviously care enough to go to watch it routinely. I just think the people who are remaining in WWE crowds are just pretty much happy to be there. Not particularly discerning types. That's fine. Do you think of all the wild conspiracy theories you've heard over the years, like birds aren't real and what? aliens did the... Per oh, yeah, yeah, birds aren't real. That's a, that's a... Birds aren't real. What other then? Uh, government spy drones. They were so the, you, the United States government has slowly replaced all the birds with spy drones. Wonderful minds. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean? The, the, all, the, all the theories, you've, conspiracies you've ever heard. Why have I never heard one that the WWE crowd isn't actually there? Yes. They're not real. It's all green screened every week. That's that's. Does that not? Is there not more compelling evidence for that than there is that like? They've all got AW. Everyone who gave a toss about Daniel Bryan has decided I'll just go to AW. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What about the rest of them? They're just real? Undiscerning real people. Mannequins? I mean, if the Thunderdome hadn't happened, maybe there'd be something to this, but that's a pretty, they've, they've already done this. No, but the Thunderdome, you couldn't, they couldn't have been, they had to, they had to come up with some other ingenious method because there was extenuating outside circumstances that would have exposed that all the WWE crowds are green screened uh, robot mannequins. Whereas now they're, they're allowed shockingly back in. quiet. Right. It's uncanny, low, if you will. Low batteries. <laughs> Piss off, man. Yeah, see, double, something there, something there, something there. Well, you'd think they would charge the batteries ahead of the show, but they are incompetent. Budget cuts. So maybe they can't even do robots right. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We keep getting shocked by all these releases, right? I was just, they're seemingly so random and there's so many of them. It's whoever's whoever's walked in on the battery room. Oh, got it. Uh, I've, just, I've just seen Bray Wyatt going in, one of your most marketable assets, one of the most only thing that's achieved any kind of pop culture penetration over the last two years. He's just gone in the room where they're charging the crowd up. Oh, I think it's time. Oh, he's got to go. Don't make the rules. He's got to go. I think Braun Strowman went in with him. Oh, he's got to go. Got to rules is rules. What is it about that chair? That what? That just turns people into Wilborn. <laughs> it's not. It's not the chair, mate. It's the responsibility. It is. It's the responsibility of successfully energizing a podcast for sixty minutes about Monday Night Raw. It'll do things to you. It'll really do things to you. Anyway, speaking of two people who did things to each other, that's a segue for you. Damien Priest versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. <sighs> that was a match that had to happen. And then simultaneously didn't. This is such a weird WWE thing to do. They do something that doesn't matter, that no one cares about, that builds towards the diminished return uh-huh. of something that just happens and no one cares about, and yet they still retain... A decent amount of the audience. You know, I had to. Who could possibly care about this? I had to. I had to. I had to confess. I had to bear my true soul to uh, Andy when we were previewing this yesterday. That uh, I genuinely thought that Rude and Ziggler being called the Dirty Dogs, like A W G, was simply a bit you were all doing in the office, and they were just called the Dirty Dogs. Oh no! They're, they're no, the dirty as, as I discovered during the preview, it's actually the Dirty Dogs, which were two of the most hygienic-looking men. I just, it's incredible. Incredible wordplay. Yeah, they're so dry in terms of their physique. But they're dirty dogs. And their personality. They're dirty dogs. <laughs> they're dirty dogs. Look, this match wasn't particularly great. It's one of those matches where it's like, if you're doing like content research in the years to come and you happen upon the December 20 Monday Night Raw, you'd think, oh my God, this happened. There was a count out, there was a DQ. It was just one of the messiest sort of needless ends when you could have just had someone win. Like in the grand scheme podcast. In the the grand scheme of things, would anybody involved here have been hurt by a loss to any of them? No, but that's just WWE. God, I am am really giving my whole like, oh, I can't believe it's this bad energy here, aren't I? Which I don't think is terrible. Someone's got to, you know... Someone's got to assume 
the the, the narrative position of, of perhaps a naive viewer who might be listening to this who, who thought it was maybe okay. Because otherwise, otherwise, how do we get out of bed, man? How do we get out of bed in the morning? I don't, I don't know how I've been doing it for all year. Well, I have no answer for that whatsoever. Look, I, look. this is all easier on a Thursday. You'll see. God damn, I'm so full of life on Thursday. Oh, because AW. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I nearly said? You know what I nearly said there? I was like, NXT. What, NXT's that good <laughs> no. now? You've got to remember my old schedule, NXT schedule. That was, my, yes. that was my Thursday day. So it's the thing where. Well, we'll, we'll we're going to preview it tomorrow. So that'll, that'll, be, that'll be nice. We've got. There's just. I. I know how many podcasts we do. I see the numbers. Yes. When you when you're doing them, it really is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It really is a lot of a lot. minutes and matches. I've I reviewed SmackDown yesterday in great detail. Ask me a single thing that happened on SmackDown. Oh, it's the weirdest phenomenon. Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns broke up. That is all I can tell you. I I've watched it. I've reviewed it. It was yesterday for me. I can't I can't remember anything. I think the Usos lost to somebody, but I can't remember who. How does it do that? It just it's, How does it simultaneously exist and not exist? I don't understand how it could be so bad and yet so dry. Right. It's impossible for it to not be perversely entertaining. Uh-huh. Did you see the Liv Morgan Becky Lynch skit? Yes. That I was I was hating the fact that I was off yesterday. I was creased at that. That was so funny. How does how it's a surprise attack. How does she know she's coming? Honestly, the way it played out beat for beat, it was like a, a sketch. Like a comedy sketch. It was it was fabulous. It was fabulous. I wish there was keep this stupid energy for the actual telly, please. Uh, look, I I actually I I quite enjoyed that from a perverse like what yeah. on earth have they done? And you know why I enjoyed it because it was really short, and I knew it was just gonna be this perverse weird WWE reality that lives it that everybody's in, and then it would stop very soon. And actually, I, I, I enjoyed the whole, hold me back! I'll tear a new arsehole! I'm gonna kill you! I thought it, I thought it was class. Surprise, bitch, it's me! I thought it was really good. It's one of those things where if you try and unpack it, it gets even funnier. Like the depth to it was quite incredible. Can we, uh, can we try and unpack the, the weird... I've, I've missed out the bit where Theory goes to knock on his door, then doesn't. But they, they do revisit this. They go back to the well for a third time on this show. Uh, he beats up Edge. So, so he beats up Finn Balor for some reason. And then he does go and speak to Vince. And Vince has a pencil. And he rubs stuff out. And he blows the detritus in the face of Austin. What? Can, what you, can we try and unpack this? Well, the idea is Vince McMahon is playing the role of a fading 76-year-old He looks man. like Liza Minnelli now. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the idea is Vince McMahon is booking the show on the fly. Is it Rib or the idiots who watch it? <laughs> the idiots who watch it, however, can't comprehend <coughs> that it's a chaotic mess that is just rewritten all the time because they actually like it. Um, and Austin Theory is the heel. I, I, yeah. It's the Tory party. They right, bug us off by smearing the evidence yeah. in our faces because they enjoy the fact that we are still controlled. <laughs> That's really dark. I've heard it before when we're talking about chipped PlayStations. Yes. That was nice. Anyway, uh, The Cutting Edge, which is not Ms. TV. It's Edge's, it's Edge's one, you idiot. Why would you ever think it was the same thing? Mar- Maurice is on. She's got a weird handbag. Should have really telegraphed what that was for as soon as she brought it out. Um, it felt to me there was a degree of cynicism in the WWE universe about this whole Miz and Maurice Situations. Yes. Just come back. 
They were teasing married tension. Seemed a bit weird, like as soon as she comes back, seems like a bit of a bit of a weird thing. Obviously, it would have disturbed the canon and the law of uh, Ms. and Mrs., which would have made no sense, obviously, so they can't do that. So it seemed weird that they were teasing a split. And it seemed the obvious thing to do was we were going to tease a split and there was going to be there's a subplot to the inevitable Miz versus Edge match. And then all over behold, Maurice was just playing a little joke all along and Miz gets a win over Edge, et cetera, et cetera. However, this is the, uh, this is the particular bet that Edge takes. Like, no, you're not fooling anybody, sweetheart. I don't think he calls a sweetheart. I think I just added sweetheart in for my own benefit. You're not fooling anybody. Why don't you stop playing this game, et cetera, et cetera. And then what they did was they not only acknowledged that nobody believed it, they then played out the fact that nobody believed it to its conclusion on the first night. And then Maurice hits Edge, and that's kind of the end of it. It, it, it felt like they'd heard everything everybody had said, yes. gone, ah, you think that's what we're going to do? Well, we've actually telegraphed that. Coincidentally, though, here it is. We are actually doing it. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> the long and short of it is that they tried to do a double bluff so as to not make Edge look like an idiot. Dot, dot, dot. Edge looks like an, an idiot. idiot. It's... Well, he, t- he telegraphs... Well, because the whole... He telegraphs the whole ploy. Like, as we were saying, like, oh, it's not really... not, not really going to... So Edge, Edge, they, they give him a bit of... Like, they give him a bit of agency yes. in this story by being able to recognise what all the fans can recognise, that it's a, that it is a double bluff and Miz is going to just... Whatever. And then they do it anyway, like in the same segments. <laughs> I don't like this is because this is what this is what gets to me, right? And again, I do come into these with not as jaded. I'm not as worn down. I'm not as like emotionally crushed as like yourself and Willowborn Hamley. I have to do this every week. I get to come into it fresh every now and then with fresh eyes. And maybe there is just a little glimmer in one of them somewhere when I see somebody like Edge, who obviously I still like, and they, yes. ha- they somehow haven't ruined in his time back. I've always been a big Miz fan. I actually think it's really entertaining. I think it's perfect for the WWE product as it currently is. What gets me is that at some point in the writer's room, somebody's gone, right, should we do a thing where we tease a bit of a split between Miz and Maurice, and that's kind of this overhanging angle going into the going into the pay-per-view, but then, oh, surprise, it wasn't. That's not actually what was going on all along. Would that be entertaining? And they go, yes, it would. Maybe a bit obvious. Maybe people will spot that. So either either they then persisted with it for a week to see what the reaction was going to be, or this was the plan all along. Okay, everybody knows what it is. Why don't we give Edge, the veteran, one of the biggest names in this industry, somebody who knows he's forgotten more about wrestling as half his roster will ever know, why don't we give him the agency to spot that? <gasps> Great. Yeah, can't pull the wool over Edge's eyes. That, build, that, that, that says something about his character. That informs something you can do in the match. Yeah. And then, and then we just do it anyway, yeah? Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great, yeah. It's just odd. It's so odd. Like, why go to the, all the effort? I don't understand it. Just do the angle. One. If they're going to make him look like an idiot regardless, this company is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and yet it's not so atrocious that it doesn't recognize the need to do some certain things. It just yeah. can't execute those needs. Well, okay, I'll ask, I'll ask an easier question. Will Miz versus Edge be any good when it inevitably Like, happens? seriously, it'd be a massive over-delivery like. It really will. I'm no fan of the Miz's work. I understand that he's gotten, much like John Cena, he's like the heel John Cena, yeah. where his actual fundamentals, the work is piss poor. Like, he can't apply his finisher correctly. Sometimes he's rubbish at running the ropes. Like, his kicks don't look good. 
But I've literally never, ever once seen a well-executed skull-crushing finale. No. And I, almost to the point where I think that's part of the gimmick now. Yeah. So he's rubbish, but he can generate loads and loads of drama. So much so that it becomes overwhelming and you get lost in it. And you don't really care about the nerdy application of, like, technique. Yeah. Edge versus Miz will genuinely be tremendous. I've just got this weird feeling. Would you like to see them do... No, but I'll get paid to do it. Okay. Do you think they should do Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice? As it could either as a, not instead of, but possibly as, as a way to sort of flesh this out. Well. Is is that the WrestleMania match? <laughs> I mean, uh, they've got mixed form. As we all know, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Greatest match I've ever seen. Uh, greatest match I've ever seen in my life. So great. It was the best match I've ever watched in company. It was so much fun. Yeah. Just, huh. the, just the implication that I've watched better matches on my own. Of course I have. Yeah, just, uh, there's, there's, just a, there's just a pants-off like subtext to that. There isn't. <laughs> um, but they tried something similar with um, Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan versus the Miz and Marie's, that and it was wasn't not good. good. Well, so uh, Uneven precedent. Uh, Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz and Marie's? That wasn't that good either. Uh, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, uh, I'm i not a reliable witness here because I was there for that and it was hilarious in person. I've never, ever watched that match back. I have no desire to watch that match back. But I remember being at that WrestleMania and thinking it was absolutely hilarious. Oh, the, it's rubbish. How on earth? Genuinely, somebody at WWE deserves some sort of Academy Award for sound editing because I have seen the proposal bit back and you cannot hear what is... It genuinely sounds like people are chanting yes. I was there, mate. I, everybody was about seven or eight drinks deep at that point. Nobody was chanting yes. yes. Everybody was chanting no. There was a load of... Everybody there from Britain managed to somehow get a sporadic chorus of uh, you don't know what you're doing going as if they were at the match. And that you can't hear that if you watch it back. Yeah. How they got rid of that and made it a romantic moment, I do not know. And then, of course, it didn't last, did it? So it's crowd sweetening. Any funny? Right, okay, so... <sighs> Rhea Ripley, Queen Zelina. Can you... Right, I, I stand you this. Is is she doing an English accent now? She's doing a English accent badly on purpose because you're meant to not like it. Right. Which I get. And how, how does that wind up people in Wyoming? Because um, she's a fancy-talking, highfalutin person who thinks she's better than everybody else. But the heat is, she's actually not. So it's fun when this charlatan gets exposed. Well, oh, that's in theory. I don't I, give a toss I, about I've, any of this. I've, well, I've got a little. I've got a little, a little something to throw into the works there. She's, right. I think she's, since she's won this tournament, even since she's come back, they've given her pretty big wins. So she's uh, she's earned, she's an actual champion. Yeah, so she's, she's earned the right to be highfalutin, surely. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't. Do, do they, I wouldn't say the Booker is a Weasley heel. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, I, I, I have watched these acts interact for like two months at this point, so I'm done. Okay. Well, Rhea Ripley won. That's nice for her. Handily. Uh, pump handily, in fact, I think you'll find. It's a yeah, riptide, what's, riptide what, what, yeah, what was the next match? I genuinely think, I genuinely think pump handily, there's one of the best <laughs> no, things I'll ever right. do on a podcast. All right, well, I don't know. What was next? Oh, it says in my notes, can they coexist in my notes <laughs> in, big, in big letters? Um Right, so are we getting to the main event now, are we? Mercifully. Right, yes, the main event, thank God. Uh, Already, if we've not missed anything. Well, there was the Liv and Becky stuff. 
There's 24-7 stuff as well. Uh, oh, the day, what was the 24-7 stuff? The Damien Priest bit? The, uh, the 24-7 championship is currently held by Dana Brooke. That's it. <laughs> Whose whole... Do you know what can I just, can I just say? You know what it is? You know what it is? After, after I tried really hard today and yesterday to make sure I was up to speed on everything they do. Yes. And I could have... I could have spent all, I could have done one of those big mad boards they do in the house with the little red lines connecting everything. And I would have still missed something that sounds as absolutely f***ing ludicrous as Dana Brooke is the 24-7 champion. Complete lad. Yeah, I'll be editing it, it's fine. Yeah. That's a no. Why? Dana Brooke is the 24-7 Why? champion. Why? We, well, I think, because I'm very cynical, Dana Brooke is, like, very proud of her work when possibly... She's very proud of her work ethic, yeah. which she might conflate with work. And, um, <laughs> Nobody here does. <laughs> the idea is that they possibly think that it's a bit of a nice rib to give her a title no one cares about and have her like celebrate it. Um, Reggie's trying to shag her. Yeah. Um, seems to be going up all right on that front. Um, Tamina wants the title. Um the idiocy of Akira Tozawa and our truth is preventing her from doing it, which is a joke. <laughs> in, in their minds, it's like that's the punchline. And uh, basically, the USA Network pitched that they should do a comedy twenty four seven title. And I remember, I remember this at the time. They thought they thought it was gold. They've never stopped thinking it's a good idea, and they've never crafted one decent punchline ever. Kane winning it amused me. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad at all, actually. Um, they crafted one punchline. In how long? Two, three years now? I, I tell you what, I do I do quite like the fact that isn't there some stat now that means that R-Truth is now the most decorated wrestler in WWE history? No, I had Because he passed that mad Raven record from when the hardcore belt was 24. Yes, I. That's, that's, that's funny to me. That by the letter of the law, the most decorated yes. performer yes. in that company is. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. Because I've never expressly said... Everyone running around with this title is an idiot. They've never expressly said that. I, I, I would venture that they've never had to say that. Yes, Michael Cedric is why they've never said. You, as as we all know, great rest, great wrestling storytelling is done by showing, not telling. Yes, and I think if there's one thing you can say about the twenty four seven title, it's that they've never told you someone's an idiot because they've showed you every single time yes. it appears on screen. So in a way, it's the best thing I've ever done. In a way, it's brilliant. Yeah, and it's not even there. Wasn't even their idea. All right, so we get there's a Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan. We we get to rewatch what I found to be an incredibly entertaining clip. Uh, from the gym where she just I've never gone to a place specifically with the intention of beating somebody up yes I've never done I've never travelled far to go and specifically do that but I think if I did I would at least correctly identify the individual like she's been on a plane you know what I mean she's flown out there she's had had hours to stew on this you know when I get there oh I'm going to give her a piece of mind oh I'm just going to do this and then she just sees somebody with re- remotely similar sweet style and wails on her. And it's not even her. That woman, realistically, if they were doing this properly, this like this episode of Raw should have been Liv Morgan being done for assault. Yes. You know what I mean? The funniest thing about this sketch is that the more you think about it, the dumber it gets. And the, Ooh, more, <laughs> and the more dumb wrestling itself gets. Because the idea is... Everything happens in this localized period of time. Six days pass. And then... <laughs> happens again. <laughs> and then it just happens again, right? And it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. 
don't expose that this is ridiculous yeah. by sort of puncturing that facade and having people interact outside of the six-day period of grace. Because uh-huh. it never happens. When it does happen, it's ridiculous. <laughs> when it does happen, it exposes how ridiculous it is that it doesn't oh, happen. Oh, man. It's just absolutely terrible. All right, right look, So look. why does something that never happens ever, maybe they've done it two or three times every two years, uh-huh. does Becky Lynch go, no, I think that never happens. It's happening. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I need <laughs> to put in motion a plan to prevent it from happening. And guess what? Just like Edge in Miz and Marie's, she gets her ass kicked anyway. Yeah. yeah. So all of that planning for something that you shouldn't have to plan for yeah. is all in vain. Well, look. It's a masterpiece. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a simpler question. Yes. Are they going to make the switch to Liv Morgan? No. She's bombed. She's bombed in the ratings. Uh, she doesn't get a reaction in the arenas. She's scripted. And she has a certain cadence as well that she's not doing herself any favors. Mm. And it was prominent throughout the segment, which counts as a recap, so we can just move on after yeah, I've yeah, said yeah. this. Oh, yes, yes. Like, she's not over. She's not doing any favors to get herself <sighs> over. I don't think if even the scripted her very well, people are going to want to get her over at the expense of Becky Lynch. Um, she's not winning this title. My She'll I, be in a battle royal in April. Might I? Just throw, I think she's talented as well, but might I throw a tiny spanner in the work there? Are you not yourself now, Michael Sidgwick, guilty of applying a level of logic that WWE will not? Clearly, clearly they like her. They've done more with her than you would. If, yes. Put it this way: if you'd said a few months ago, "This is what Liv Morgan's going to be doing at the end of the year," she's going to be looking prominent on the show, at least. Maybe not looking good on the show, but certainly looking like she's the big deal in the women's division. And I know it's that time of year where everybody's either treading water or starting (coughs) something new. And any feud that feels like it's been going on for a bit is about to wrap up so they can do what they actually want to do for their biggest period of the year. I get that. But also, maybe? I just, I don't know. I don't, like, ever since Becky's come back and she had the title... Every person they've put her up against, I've sort of thought, I can see a lot of reasons why they might make that switch. And they never have. So I think maybe all I'm clinging on to here is, I actually can't see any reason why they would make the switch to Liv Morgan. And that's usually precisely why they do something. It's impossible, this job. Like, <laughs> I know people <laughs> I, know, I know people say, oh, you're privileged, it's an easy job. It's not. The, 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 you have to consider everything. You have to penetrate an impenetrable mind to arrive at answers. They could do this, but plans might change. Well, I've got nothing else to add to that whatsoever. Should we just see the main event, then we can go and have lunch? Yes. Um, so I really enjoyed all the commercial breaks during this. I thought they were really well put together. I yeah. thought they were spectacularly booked. There's so many products I'm now interested in buying. Really, I was annoyed, annoyed that they kept getting briefly interrupted by a wrestling match, but I will say those interruptions were quite brief. They kept that to an absolute minimum. Um, and unbelievably, uh, Bobby Lashley looks looks amazing. Yes. And the others don't. Yeah. yeah. It's just so run of the mill. The artifice of uh, adverts, as we start with oh, Sorry, can I say I love artifice? It's great. If you, like, you like to try it before, I loved art. Yes. I love artifice. The artifice of the advertisement is really starting to uh, piss me off. Usually I could just get away with it, and I was known to adverts. And everyone's acting like the world isn't broken. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really pisses me off. Acting like it is or isn't? Acting like it isn't. Yeah. Oh, everything's fine. Oh, oh yeah, it no, it's, everything's terrible. Isn't it? But also, it would be bad if uh, 
advert started to like recognize how bad everything was and it's like you know what you can still count on us to ensure your life <laughs> you know what i mean like well this is this is the thing about it crucially is that american adverts are amazing. all of our sponsors are good all of our sponsors are well just they're just too boring to be interesting whereas all of the, I, obviously when i watch i used to watch nxt every week and genuinely it really left an impression on me how terrifying american adverts are yes like everything is either like here is food you should maybe eat once a month at best yes but we're going to tell you how you can have it every day and then here is some absurd very serious pale white man in a lab coat telling you about wow do you actually know how many things are wrong with you and how expensive that's going to be to fix. And then a really quick voice at the bottom that tells you all the different side effects that they haven't actually properly regulated. And you might get if you take this, including your arms falling off and your dick going blue and stuff like that. And then it's like, well, but have Chick-fil-A with this delicious, mm, it's got loads of cheese and bacon bits on it. It's the workplace interactions. It's absolutely terrifying. Like, I think America, if Americans came over Who's here... Who's that guy? If Americans would come over here and they would be so astonished at how boring... Our adverts are for, like, sweets and... Like really mid-range, uninteresting, good mileage cars, and like the for the for sofas, like uh, the the for the, the, the for like they just says nothing. They're not they're not loud and they're not scary and they don't feel like a Bond villain is telling you about like this medical plan you can get and they're not like four hundred foot big burgers shouting yeah. at you. I just our Christmas adverts are starting to get heavily Americanized and that pisses me off. Like there's one I think it might is it the John Lewis advert. It's one of the retail stores or something, or a supermarket. John Lewis did the alien one this year. It's the alien one where it's just some woman encounters, like, an alien, and, uh, and she's like, ah. No, nah, that's not the John Lewis one. Well, there's, like, an, there's an advert where there's this, like, creature. Creature. And there's this woman who's like, oh, I'm enchanted by this creature. And I'm thinking, what's the context here, right? Is it just a thing that looks something like it's from an 80s film and you're enchanted by it? What's this creature done to bond with you? <laughs> Is this uh, creature shown any relatable human qualities? That means you you shouldn't be in danger. Are you saying? Is it just a twee thing that you're enchanted by? I hate it. My uh, my best friend did Aldi's Christmas advert last year. She wrote the song and sang it. You know the Kevin the Carrot thing that was all that drama about. Yes. Uh, she got she was getting actual actual death threats from little fans uh, because of, because of the amount of shade that was being thrown in the Aldi one. So if you, if you genuinely think the WWE AEW thing is like this weird, like preserve of just wrestling fans being really weirdly tribalized, my friend was she was she was top of the card for, she was top of the card for one of the budget supermarkets and all the stands of the other one went after her. I mean, Aldi's better than Little. Well, they're the same. They're exactly no, the same. They're, they're exactly not. the same. They're They've both got a middle aisle now. The middle aisle is the best thing in British retail. Full stop. Never mind supermarkets. Aldi's better than Little. Anyway, so yeah, Big E wins. That's going to feel like I've cut it there. That's going to sound like I've cut it there. You didn't cut it. I didn't cut it. No, I didn't cut it. I'm just trying to get by. You could do he, gets hit, he gets hit in the steps with his face, not yes. the other way around, crucially. Lashley wins, and then at the end, the heels beat them up, and they hug. They could coexist all along. I like their despi- interactions. Despite getting beat. I'm genuinely amused by their interactions. And that's because they're, bo- they're both very entertaining individuals. Yes. That's why they're making that work in spite of itself. Indeed, that's exactly the take because it's making them look like just dopes. Big E just doesn't feel like a champion at all. It, this is like, again, just to circle back, which is a great time to press stop because I'm getting hungry. They've added an awesome component to a feud yep. and ruined it. The WWE story. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I suppose the question it begs is, is this salvageable for them at the, pay- at the paper? It often is because the WWE pay-per-view is primarily unaffected by the writing team. Yeah, they don't get they don't get to ruin that one, do they? No, so they're often always very good. Survivor Series is whack, but mostly, <laughs> mostly a WWE pay per view is a six point five or a seven out of ten good time. Here's the thing. Here's the question that will inevitably be raised: If Bobby Lashley wins the title at day one, then that is catastrophic for the way they've used Big. You can't see them ever putting yeah. it back on Biggie after that. If he doesn't, then the inevitable question will be: Well, what was the point? in the last three weeks of television. Yeah. Why, if you were putting... Bear in mind, there's already two heels in this match. You could have built one of them up to have Big E overcome them. That is what you would consider logical narrative storytelling. Yes. Bobby Lashley, they've built up to the kind of level you would love to see a perspective, somebody you really want to be regarded as champion. It'd be great for him to go over him. But he's a face. So there is a level of disappointment that then will... Even if people like Big E, inherently, if a face... You know, feels big going into a match and loses. That, that's that's disappointing. So, is there's no there's no win scenario for this then? No win scenario at all. WWE. <sighs> what do you think they can do? Go in your head. What do you think will actually happen? Uh, I think Biggie will retain. Oh. And I think that Lashley will spin off into a rivalry with one of the two. Interesting. Men. There's any shenanigans at play? Nah. No? No. I'll tell you the one way they could save it. MVP. What could he do? He could... He could, he could screw Big he Bob. Could, he could screw him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that the heat from the wind does not go on Big E. Well, throughout, like, Lashley was kind of intimating that MVP was a bit useless to his career these days. Uh, can they... They're teasing tension there, Michael yes. Cedric. They're teasing tension. Yeah. Can they coexist? Well, I don't know, but... Uh, Stomach can't coexist. Yeah, I can't coexist co- co- with this Raw review anymore. Yes. So, yes, that was Raw. Did we miss anything? We might have, but who cares? <sighs> no one cares about wrestling in December, by the way. Like, no one gives a toss about it. Why so am I in then? Why am I here? Content never sleeps. Content never sleeps. They might not care about it, but it's still heavily monetized. That's yes. that's the true spirit of Christmas. Yes. Right, so let us know what you made of the Raw review. Does any cast have comments? I'll just throw that in there at the end. I don't know. If you can, do. If you can't, then. Well, just follow us at What Culture WWE if you yourself have anything to add to the discourse yeah. on this podcast. And whilst you're there, you can follow Adam Cleary at... At Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. But you should probably be following Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Oh, I need, I need to tell you something about the book. I have a really funny story about the book. You know, they've got on Amazon. Yes. You like this. You've got on Amazon. Uh, it, a few things uh, got flagged as, uh, as, like, as like what Amazon believed to be typo. It was obviously just like proper nouns and words it wasn't familiar with. But what it absolutely just would not accept, we actually wanted in the book, and it kept going, are you sure about this, was your pronunciation of fundamentals. Really? <laughs> Get in. I actually had a message, got a message off our boss being like, I presume this is just some joke I don't get. And I was like, it is, yeah. Yes, it is. It, fundamental stays, all right? Yes. <laughs> so uh, while we're here, what a great time to mention it. Yes. If you think Raw's underwhelming, you can read about a promotion that apparently isn't, can't they? That's great. It's available on Amazon. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. Search for it now. Buy it now. On Amazon. Like li- like real booksellers would be. Yeah. Hey, hey. That's hey, I'll just between you. I'll just I'll just turn the mics off before I say this, but between you and that. It's done sensationally well. It exceeded every metric expectation. They've even advertised it yet as well. Yeah, anyway, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, so uh, do let us know what you made of all this. And if you're a fan of this sort of thing, lol, why wouldn't you be? You can subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, ever get your podcast wrong for daily wrestling podcasts. We don't just review Raw. 
review SmackDown and NXT and AEW previewed a lot of them as well. There's occasionally interviews, although I can't remember when the last one was, roundtable discussions, and a roundup with a week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, cards subject to change. But as ever, thank you for joining us on this voyage into the cesspit of Monday Night Raw. We've had a nice little swim around, but now we're going to wash it all off us. I've been Adam Cleary. I'll be Michael Sidgwick. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 